0: This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for men and women who are on the journey of living out their passion and purpose in Jesus Christ, just like us. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I, as usual, have my two lovely friends with me. And for the first time ever, people, we have our first two guests. So I want to introduce my friends, obviously, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, but Heather and Michelle are going to introduce our guests. So Heather, you want to introduce your guest and how you're doing right now?
1: Um, our first guest is, uh, my favorite person in the world. His name is Jake Kim. Oh,
0: y'all related? Is that your brother? <laughs>
1: yeah, he's my brother. <laughs> no. So we're, this is my husband, Jake, and it's really fun to have them on. We've all been dying laughing because we can see each other on Skype, so we've just had a good, uh, laugh with each other for the last 15 minutes. Um, but I'm excited to have Jake on the podcast because he obviously is a significant part of uh, the journey that I'm on, and I'm so grateful to share it with him, so I'm happy to have him here today. Thank you, too. <laughs>
2: Jake and Michelle, you want to introduce your guest? Um, well, since Heather did, then I will. Um, our other guest is the love of my life, um, my husband, Chris Benzinger, and he is joining us. He and Jake are a little guinea pig guests today, so we're going to try to figure out how to do guests with them. But, um, yeah, this is my husband who I adore, um, who brings, um, roots me, all of our chaos and all of our craziness into, um, it makes it in a beautiful order and I just couldn't do life without him. So I'm excited that he and Jake are joining us today.
3: Yes. We're so glad to be here with
0: the cool
2: kids. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) We were talking about how our coolness factor went up just, you know, a hundredfold because the two of you showed up. Can I just say that? Well, it's, today we're going to talk about how to pray for your children, and I don't know about you, I know all of us have ministry in the church, and um, I just want to, we're going to answer that question, but I would just, I adore both of you, Jake and Chris, so much, and I was wondering if you could just give our listeners a chance just to meet you, and what, what stirs your heart as men and as husbands and fathers, so Jake, if you want to tell our listeners a little bit about you, and, and kind of what you're doing, and, and what your heart is about, I would love for them to meet you.
4: Yeah, thanks. Um I'm currently uh, in a little bit of time of transition, but, um, I was, uh, I'm a, I used to be a counselor, uh, so I have training and education in that, but I've taken a break from my private practice. Um, I also teach at a seminary here, and so I do human and spiritual and pastoral formation for the seminarians in our diocese and region. And, uh, I'm a husband to my lovely wife and parent, father to three kids. Um, and I'm also right in the midst of planning a very big men's retreat, Mm -hmm. which is very exciting. And, uh, and so that's consuming a lot of my heart and space and time, but in a very good way. So happy to be doing that. I'm looking forward to being with those men here in two weeks. Chris, what
0: about you? Can you tell us about yourself and just let the listeners meet you and what you're about?
3: Yeah, it's very similar to Jake, son of God, uh, husband to Michelle. Um, although that's not similar, he's husband to. Uh, <laughs> not that, that you all needed that clarification, but uh, husband to Michelle, father to six children, um, and then you know, just trying to live out of that identity and all that I do. I currently serve um, as the director of mission and evangelization for the diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, in Florida, and. Really, when I try to explain what that means to people, it's it's helping all the parishes from Pensacola to Tallahassee, Florida, to live their faith outside of the walls of the church, uh, to be fed by what's happening in the church and live it outside the walls of the church. So, uh, what I'm probably most passionate about is is this whole idea of missionary discipleship, uh, beginning with my own children. Uh, there's a scripture that I read this morning that said um, that that talked about uh, if. If you're if you're not taking care of your whole house if your own your own household how mm. can you minister mm. to the church? Um, so uh, this is very timely uh, for us because we're certainly not experts at it but definitely passionate for it and really want to learn and be inspired ourselves. Amen.
0: Today. Amen. And I think when the three of us, when Michelle and Heather and I were talking about future episodes and future guests that we wanted to have on the two of you were really obviously I mean I know you guys are married to them but at the top of our list just for who you are but also in your marriage and so I was wondering Michelle um, and Chris if you guys want to want to start when we talk about how to pray for your children I'm sure people ask you that all the time how do you how do you guys navigate life together as a couple of parents and and minister to your kids and starting at home could you the two of you share that journey a little bit
2: Mm -hmm. go ahead honey
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the beauty of our marriage is that we are uh, very uh, different. We're opposites on the Myers Briggs scale. we um, uh, and I think initially that was a chat that was more of a challenge than it is now. Now I, th- I see it more as a blessing, um, you know. But even praying in our relationship with the Lord is very different. Michelle, as you all know from the podcast, passionate. Uh, Impulsive, spontaneous, in in all the beautiful ways. And I'm more like disciplined and structured. Um, So really finding, finding a way to do, to even pray together, we go in ebbs and flows. There's seasons where we do it well. There's seasons where we don't, you know, we're both praying, but not necessarily praying together. And if we're not praying together in our marriage, then it's very difficult to even invite our children into that. Um, my favorite times that, you know, but also realizing that because Michelle's more spontaneous, um, to take to, instead of, uh, instead of over focusing on a regiment, really trying to, really trying to enter into the Mm -hmm. moments. Um, so the little moments of, uh, you know, Sunday morning, uh, when I'm doing my prayer time and Lily, my daughter, or Sam, my son, Crawls up next to me and opens up a little devotion about who God is, and us just sharing that together and really trying to, uh, trying to not do screens on Sundays and just really try to focus on the Lord and on family. And that's one of the ways, one of my favorite ways that Sundays start, uh, is when one of them come over and and, and, uh, engage with with that devotion.
2: Yeah. What
3: would you say? I would would
2: say yeah, it's very similar. I think it's more like it says it's different times praying with the kids with different seasons. Like we will have family prayer time um, some nights of the week where we all go in our front room and pray uh, part of the rosary or do something, you know, traditional, um, you know, Catholic prayers, Christian prayers. But there are other times where as our children are getting older, it's different than when they were itty bitties. But our youngest is in second grade now. And I think a lot of our prayer moments, our prayer are in conversations with them. You know are how we're experiencing God and listening to their hearts and um and knowing when they want to talk to us and bringing God into those conversations that like for me i need I'm easily distracted, I'm easily like one more minute, hold on, hold that thought that I need to stop whatever I am doing that this is a precious moment uh, that when they are um asking me questions are really seeking something like there's something else going on in their hearts that I need to stop and pause and start asking questions and, um, really listen to what's going on in their hearts and be really attentive to what is stirring in their souls. So yeah, you know,
0: Heather, what would you and Jake say about that? How do you partner as a couple and intercede for your children and navigate that prayer, and um, that gift to them?
1: I think for us, you know, it begins with being attentive to what's going on. It's so easy to be distracted by what's happening in life and the to-do list and all of the things, so... I think when we do best at being attentive to our kids and even understanding what their needs are, it's when we've made space in our hearts for that, when we're actually being attentive to them, when we're offering them the gift of our presence, um, and we're listening to their stories. And, you know, we have like some tweens and teens in our household, and so they like to talk and talk and talk and talk. And really, <laughs> you know, some days that takes more patience than others to sit down and listen. To all of the things that they have to say and then weed through what's at the heart of what's going on, that they're not just telling us a story about friends or this or that, but, but where is their heart? And I think that's when we do the best is when we're attuned to their needs. I think it also starts with us, just like Chris was saying, modeling that for our children, um, Not just in when we're sitting in a quiet place, although that's very important for them to see, but just in how we bring God into the daily things, into the moment by moment. You know, I've talked before about this beautiful mountain that's near our house, Mount Baker, and how when we drive to school so many mornings, it's just the stunning display of God's creation and creativity and i love to point that out because it teaches our kids gratitude and i think from gratitude comes prayer often and worship so uh i think it's it is a combination of a lot of different things but jake what would you speak to about that
4: i think something that's important that we've always done it's kind of the traditional thing but i think we do it in a bit of a unique way is the typical pray with your kids at night um we spend a, a good chunk of time with our kids at night praying with them and being really attentive to them and showing them affection and care. And, um, it's not, sometimes it's just a quick prayer, but I think often we'll end up laying next to our kids, even though they're our size. And <laughs> Judah is, uh, I'm six feet tall and Judah is eye to eye with me. And just the other week, uh Heather was away and he just needed to have somebody with him so I'm laying in bed with him and we're just talking and you know praying simple prayers but I think one of the big things for us and our family is that we would do well to image God to mm-hmm. our kids um and so we try to offer presence and affection but I think another thing too that we really try to do is uh, like Chris and Heather were saying is model that time of prayer I mean I appreciate it when my kids can see us praying. And so it's very common that Heather will put on worship um, or I'll be in our uh, prayer room in our house. And our kids just get to witness that and see that because it's very hard for me to be attentive to them if I haven't already been filled up. And so I have to go to prayer first before I can really be pouring into mm-hmm. Heather and the kids. Mm-hmm.
1: Another thing that I've realized is that um, our kids, even though they're young, you know, I might be overwhelmed with the battles that Jake and I are facing, you know, being in ministry or just in life, but they also have their battles, you know, as children and There is a really important piece of doing intercession and spiritual warfare for our children that I've taken a lot more seriously over the last few years because I see, you know, in their world that there's so many lies coming at them. And so that we need to combat that one with speaking truth over them, but also just interceding for them in that way, interceding for their hearts and that they would be protected in relationships and with their teachers and, you know, all of those various things. So I think for us, that's also a big part of how we intercede. For our children, but I would love to hear, sister, about you know some of your story because you have a very powerful story about your mom's intercession for you in your life. Would you tell us that?
0: Oh yes. Well, um, I think our listeners know that I just come from a very broken past, and my mom and I didn't get along for a very long time. And my mom, you know, when brokenness hits up against each other, many times different things happen. And so for me, I was shutting down and saying, don't tell me what to do. And for her, it was controlling. She just couldn't stop it, you know, cause I was out of control. And so she was trying to control and it really, and I, I wish my dad, you know, my sweet father who passed away many years ago, I wish he would have spoken into my life as a daughter, but my dad just didn't know how to do that. Like he loved me. I know he did, but he just didn't know how to do that. And so consequently he really said nothing into my life as a, as a woman, as a daughter, and so, but one night my dad finally just, just expressed to my mother how disappointed he was in me. And at that time I was 21 and I was a senior in college. And, um, my mom, to finally hear my dad utter that, she knew how heartbroken he was. And at that moment, my mom just had had enough. Like she just didn't know what to do. She had financially cut me off and had threatened to disown me. She was very serious and she was very angry with me. Um, but she was at her wit's end that night with the heart of a mother and she got on her knees, um, in front of the statue of our blessed mother and she gave me away to our lady and she entrusted me to our blessed mother and she just crying just that I can't help my daughter anymore. She's out of control and I, I don't know what to do. And I just pray Mother Mary that you would take her as your daughter and that you would, you would watch over her and, my mom, unknown to me, I'm 800 miles away. You know, I think I'm an alcoholic. I'm living in mortal sin. My life's a mess. Unknown to me, my mom begins to press too fast and pray that I become a nun. And so, um, I know very well, the power of intercessory prayer from the heart of a mother and a father that God always hears those prayers. And I think that, you know, us just in our ministry, I know, I know myself and I know that you, the four of you do as well. Parents will come up to you in droves and just asking like, how do I help my kids? You know, my kids are away from the church and what do I do? And, I, I i'm just firmly believe that those prayers are not in vain and you know we might not see them answered in the way we hope or the, on this side of heaven but just add, add add like the power that comes from being a parent and that what what god has entrusted you with you know he hears those prayers and they're efficacious and so that's my always my really my word to parents is never don't give up
1: mm-hmm. don't
0: give up on your kids mm-hmm. no matter what it looks like you just never know you know
1: yeah, that's a beautiful story. And I think it's very, very important for people to hear that, especially um, parents who have been praying for a long, long time. You know, sometimes those mm-hmm. prayers, you wonder, is it even working? Why am I even praying for this? And I always think of, mm-hmm. of St. Saint Monica, St. Saint Augustine's mom, who was such an amazing intercessor. And if we look at his life, which was just riddled with sin and, you know, failure um, and just being away from God, that her intercession brought about one of the greatest saints you know in in the history of the world and and mm-hmm. sister i think that's just mm-hmm. a beautiful story about your mom which i i love and and also i think it speaks to the importance of us being a, being attentive and and diligent in our prayers for our children
0: yeah i think so and i i would just i know the three of us have talked a lot about um you know motherhood and the heart of a woman and 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 her feminine genius and i and I would just love like to hear the the flip side of that if we could from like Chris and Jake about being a father and a father heart for your kids and just how you bless them, um, with that heart. So I wonder, Chris, could you, could you talk to us about that of just what it's like being a father and, and where you get your strength to, to give up yeah, yourself well, I, as a father and it, as a man.
3: It's interesting that, that when I father, well, I am, it, it's in this being, being a son of God. Well, you know, it, it I learned so much about the love of the Father through my love of my, of my children when I, am, when I am loving them you know, selflessly or when I'm loving them or wanting to bless them. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, each night putting a cross on their forehead and just really like knowing, trusting that there's, an, there's power and in anointing in, in, the, in a Father's blessing. Um, I had just one specific incident in the, two nights ago uh, where a little bit of a conflict with one of my kids and, and what kept coming out of my mouth is like, I'm not gonna give up on you. I'm not gonna give up on you. I'm not gonna give up on you. I'm not gonna give up oh. on you. And what I find over and over again in my parenting is when I start hearing that, it's like the Lord says, Chris, listen to this voice because this is as much for you as it is for them. And it, and that's when I know I feel like I'm in, in God's, mm-hmm. in the spirit in a sense. Because I am being blessed through the anointing, it's like this anointing is flowing through me, as opposed to me just kind of mechanically trying to do it. We keep mechanically doing it, but we keep praying for the Spirit. So, so that would be one little, mm-hmm. one
1: little way. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I, I, Chris, that's mm-hmm. the exactly my experience is that to be a good father, you first have to be a son. And once you're fathered, mm. then you know how to father. And so it starts, being a good father starts with being a son and allowing the father to first love you. So my journey in fatherhood has grown tremendously the more deeply rooted I have been as a son. Um, and like you said, Chris, a lot of that comes through uh, your kids where God will... Uh, Use situations with your kids to show His love for you. That's been repeatedly, and I think an important part of that is that, as a dad, you have to be attentive that the father's loving me as I'm loving my kids, and I won't outdo Him. Uh, it's not a he's, he's not throwing a burden on me and then just leaving me alone to it. He cares much more about my kids than I do, um, and, and in the midst of that, what's really beautiful is that the father is maturing me and making me a better father as I father. And so it's not like it's always easy. And any dad knows that it's not always easy. But with the perspective that God is good and that God knows what he's doing and he's up to something good at all the time, trust can begin to develop and get deeply rooted in your heart as a father. And so you can pour out without fear of showing empty. Um, And part of that is a very deep uh, trust in God as a son so that I can then pour into my kids as a father.
1: One of the beautiful things that I've watched Jake do as a dad from when our kids were very little, which is an amazing experience when you're, you're married, you have no children, and then all of a sudden this little person arrives and watching how, one, your heart changes, but also how your spouse's heart changes as they encounter this little person that is now in, in our life. And one of the things that Jake has done, he, he calls it secrets where he tells the kids these beautiful truths about who they are. And Jake, I just wondered oh. if you could share a little bit about that. Cause that's one of my favorite things of your fatherhood that you've offered our kids.
4: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very special and sacred place, but I, I heard it from another father and uh, and then when Maria came along when she was very, very young, I just started doing it, and I've done it ever since. And so it's it's just very simple. We call it secrets because often secrets can be a bad thing, but I, I'm trying to help them know the secrets of who they are and to plant these deep, deep truths into their heart from me as a father. And so um, literally ever since the moment they were born, so for Judah and for Eva, our two youngest, they were C-section, and that's—it's a beautiful experience because the first, you know, moments and hour of their life was with me as opposed to Heather, where Maria was with both of us. So Heather's in recovery, and I get to be with them for the first hour, and and those were some of the most precious moments, and I can remember vividly. And this is what I've done, ever since literally mm-hmm. since the moment they were born, as I would take their heads in my hands, and when they're little, their little heads they are smaller than my hand, and I would pull them up to my face, and they've got those cute little ears, and they're so soft and gentle, and I would pull their ear right close to my lips, and I would just whisper mm-hmm. truths into them about who they are, um, and so for Judah, I would I remember being in the hospital with him and just saying, you're my son, and I love you. And I will never give up on you. I will always be here for you. I will never abandon you. And I'm just repeating these simple, simple truths. So for the girls, I would, you know, say things like, you're beautiful. I see you. I'm so glad you're mine. Um, and I've done that really their whole life. It's really interesting that, Uh, Mm -hmm. there were, there's times where they've actually asked for it, which has been beautiful. And it's usually at bedtime when they're Mm -hmm. relaxed and, and it's as if their heart is needing to be reminded of who they are. And I just did it yesterday, the other day with Eva. Mm -hmm. She was having a hard time. She was struggling and going through some stuff at school and whatnot. And I just sensed that she needed to be reminded of who she is. And so she's 10 and, and, you know, beautiful. Girl, She's actually not a girl anymore, and but she needed to hear from me that I haven't forgotten who she is. And so I pulled her close, and you think, oh, the kids are going to get, they're going to pull away. They're going to not want, oh, Dad, that's awkward. I've never had one of my kids do that. I've never had one of them pull away, even my oldest, who's in high school. They have to start it a little bit differently when they're a bit older, but, man, their hearts just soak it up. And they need to hear the truths from me as their father but I know who they are and I haven't forgotten who they are. And as I express that to them, I express it in tenderness and and affection uh, so that they can rest and Mm -hmm. I know who they are in case they lose who they are, that I won't forget that.
0: Michelle, what about you? What are some things that you guys do or that you really love what Chris,
2: uh, as a father, blesses his children and prays for them? I think Chris is a father and one of the best things about Chris is he plays well. I mean, he is probably one of the most playful parents that I have ever met. I mean, as soon as he walks in that door, he changes his clothes within two minutes, and they are either playing basketball, or everybody is in the pool, or everybody is wrestling, or everyone, I mean, it is constant. And it was really interesting. Someone asked David, our eight-year-old, who his favorite person to play with is, and they were expecting him to name a friend. He said, my dad. Aww. Like, my dad is my favorite person to play with. Because Chris is really just a big wind-up toy in some ways, but, you know. Um, He's smirking right now. Know. Can you just say uh, He is. I mean... <laughs> He spends hours, you know, just really um, playing with them, which is such a form of, um, you know, worship mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, just to play and delights. And that is something that I am not gifted in. Like, I'm more like, all right, there's things to be done. There's details to finish off where Chris can totally tune that out and just revel in the moment with them and play and laugh and carry on. Sometimes he yeah, acts like a middle school boy, um, <laughs> you know, but hey, you know. <laughs> That's part of it. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to like, I don't want to go to the emergency room. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, he's just meeting them on their level, Michelle. That's just totally, totally meeting them on their level. And so, and I also think for us, one of the biggest things Chris and I are learning together and like anything else, parenting, marriage, it's all a school of love. And I mean, and I don't know about you, but I feel like we're all in pre-K, like I'm never going to even get out of kindergarten if I'm lucky, but is this constant surrender of what we think it should look like Mm. and just allow the Holy spirit to unfold and be what it needs to be. You know, I think for all of us that grew up in very traditional ways, like you went to school, you went to college, you do this, you know, and we've had to let go of a lot of what ought to be and allow it to unfold. And we have, you know, three of our children are quote unquote, not mainstream children. They're outside of the box. They have some, you know, different challenges and different um, things that make them, amazingly unique. And so just really constant surrender of them, you know, it's just been ongoing. And even we're talking about our third child right now this week, and we thought this is where he would go to high school next year. And this is what he would do. And we're like, all right, we have to surrender that God may have another Holy spirit adventure for him to unfold. And it doesn't look like we think it's going to look. And, um, our oldest biological son, who actually, when I was talking about Joy of the Gospel, is one that I always say he's wonderfully complicated. Um, he has chosen a different route for school this year, and we are watching him blossom mm-hmm. in ways that we have never experienced before. And it was like, God's like, do you see? I, I love them more than you do, and I have a plan for them. And um just really quick, I was walking him to school last week, and they were reading Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and he had to write a paper on it. So I asked him, I said, what did your paper, what was it on? What did you use as your theme? And he said, I use responsibility. I was like, responsibility? For Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? He said, yes, Dr. Jekyll um, needed to take personal responsibility. He took the medicine that made him bad. And when he did that, he hurt other people. So we need to be responsible for our hurt and brokenness because it can hurt other people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, shoot. I know. We're not in (laughs)
2: our 40s. I was like, I'm like, my mouth was open. And I'm like, God's like, do you see, Mm. you know, like this? Do you see? Like, I've got something. But I I was just amazed that he grasps that, that this was, you know, Um. so God always does immeasurably more, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Chris, what, yeah, do you, what do you have to say about that?
3: This this was a, a challenge. This particular instance was a challenge for me because I grew up, I went to Catholic grade school, high school, college. I mean, I I did, I was the good boy. You do what you're supposed to do. And, and so to not send our kids to our Catholic school was, was kind of, all right, Lord, I'm trusting you with this one because he's not going to be in an environment. Um, and yet I can already see that, 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 maybe I think we're probably leaning into him a little bit more knowing that he doesn't just naturally get it at school and I see that that happens a lot in Catholic families Um, but um, it it is beautiful to trust the Lord and and watch your kid come alive Um, as opposed to me trying to me trying to control them into you know into obedience or control them into following the Lord even Um, I get so excited to try to you know, with other people, and I know you all do this so well, it's like, man, when somebody comes alive in their giftings, you know, there's nothing better than that. And so to me, I'm like, OK, how are we doing that with our own kids? How are we allowing mm-hmm. the giftings that God gave them, not that I, what, what I want them to have, but what God gave them and really allow that to come alive? Um, and so to see this one little example with our son of being out of a, out of a Catholic environment But really engaging with
4: his heart is beautiful. You know, something else that's come to mind Mm -hmm. just as we're talking here is Mm -hmm. I, I have on my heart, um, maybe all the listeners who, uh, might be hearing us and saying, well, I don't have a husband like Chris, or, you know, we're not, we're not connected like Chris and Michelle or Heather and Jake. And, you know, I remember in my practice where I would work and journey with people who, struggled so much in parenting and they had such difficulty, um, and navigating different situations and whatnot. And what I just want to let them know is that there is hope. Um, our parenting is not perfect and, uh, it's not like we don't struggle. Uh, we struggle immensely. We know Chris and Michelle very well and we've shared many deep, deep struggles with each other. And, I don't want us, I don't want the listeners to think, oh, you guys have it easy or whatever. There's a lot of suffering that we endure as parents just like other people and, but there's hope. And I mean that sincerely. I've seen a lot of people go through extremely difficult situations in my work and God is always faithful. Um, He is not abandoning anybody. He's not giving up on anybody. And so, We don't have perfect marriages or perfect parenting, uh, but the father knows what he's doing, um, and that's good.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's also the value of community. Like sometimes we may not have the gifts to offer our children that they need, um, but we've often leaned into other people in our community who are able to offer our children something that we maybe can't Mm -hmm. do as well. And we have to open ourselves up to that to be able to say, hey, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything to do here, but I want to bring as many gifts to the table for our children as possible. And that's the beauty of community. This is what we're talking about in abiding together is being able to lean on one another, especially in moments where, you know, we don't know what to do. And there's often been phone calls between me and other parents. saying, Okay, what did you do? I'm not sure what to do here. And either we pray together or they just offer very practical advice. and um, And that's been so helpful. I think for me, one of the most important things that Uh, in parenting and praying over our children is declaring truth and proclaiming truth over them. And I just love to talk about that for a couple minutes because I know Chris and Michelle, you have some very powerful stories with that. And for me, I told the story about, uh, and just for those of you who haven't heard, but our son Judah was in the hospital. His appendix had ruptured and it was a very um, serious thing that was going on. And he was very, very sick. And the turning point as I prayed for him was when I really started declaring truth in the room mm-hmm. <laughs> over Judah in the hospital room, mm-hmm. just about who he was. And that I, I was like, Lord, I know that you have a plan for this boy. And I know that you love him more than I do and that you desire to heal him, that you are a healer. And I, and I just began to pray all of this de- declaration of truth over Judah. And miraculously, the next morning he woke up and was, Significantly better, and they let them come home later that day. Mm. That was a huge lesson for me that that one moment has now turned into many, many moments of me declaring truth over our children and over situations that are happening in our life. And I found that to be one of the most powerful intercessory tools that I, that I've ever encountered. And I mean, I'm saying this for our children, but obviously, (laughs) <laughs> it's incredibly powerful for myself, for our marriage, for other situations mm-hmm. in life. But Chris and Michelle, I'd love if you could just share a couple stories or a, a story about that your parenting.
3: Yeah, I think one of the I just want to introduce something for Michelle to tell. But I, I think one of the things I love about her parenting is, I mean, like Jake said, we miss it sometimes. We, we don't do it right a lot of times. But when we get it right, man, there's just a sweetness of the spirit that's there. But like when I see Michelle get in the face of one of our kids and declare truth um, and just remind them of, of who God is and who they are, those are some of my favorite moments watching Michelle parent our children. So I don't know Michelle, you want to tell one of those?
2: Mm, I know for us, and I think I've said this on a couple of the podcast episodes, especially our ones that, you know, we adopted and they came from some hard places, but our little Haitian dude is about as spicy as they come. And so he is challenging and, um, but so much fun. Like our family would not have as much flavor without him. I'm totally convinced mm-hmm. of that. He makes it spicy and fun all at the same time. But when I see him acting in a certain way or behaving in a certain way just for attention, it's just almost stopping him, looking him in the eye and declaring who he is, kind of like what Jake was talking about by the whispers, but say, telling him, like, you belong you matter. You're important to this family. You are kind. We see you. I think that's a big one. Like we see you, you know, like I see you, you're here. And there, we were going to training, um, you know, for neurotransmitting training, like to help rewire your brain from any kind of trauma. They talked, they were talking about just the power of that, that it really basically changes your neurotransmitters in your brain, you know, when that truth is declared over you Mm. and you can see almost like a peace comes upon him. You know when I stop and I'm parenting well in the moment, like that is can happen uh fifty fifty here and so but when you. I'm doing that, you could see just the change, it changes the atmosphere, it changes him, you see a peace fall upon him. And it is a powerful thing. I also think like the importance of having people <laughs> declare truth over your mothering and fathering as you're in the midst of it. Like, I mean, I don't know what I like. We've had some challenging times in the last, you know, six months tonight, you know, nine months to a year. I mean, every year, come on, let's be honest. There's challenging moments every year in parenting. Let's <laughs> cut to the chase. Uh, so it's not <laughs> just one season, but I mean like even sister, like I, Heather and I both lean on sister a lot and our mother, like okay you know especially Mm -hmm. as her she is you know adopted I have two adopted children I'm like help like you have got to walk me through this and speak truth to this Mm -hmm. because I I don't see a way out of it you know and you are so good sister about just thinking Mm -hmm. right No, this is who you are in your mothering this is where they are you know just calling out truth you know and so that whole thing about Mm -hmm. declaring truth over our parenting sometimes not forget the kids but sometimes we just need that truth Mm -hmm. over our
4: parenting Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I think lately especially uh, we're going to, to talk about our one thing in a second but I would think for me especially something that's been a very powerful image is the people that God is bringing into my life for me to intercede for 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 you guys for some sisters from different priests in my life that God has just really put on my heart lately that I just feel called just to love well and I just have this image of Jesus like at the altar at mass and just continually putting them on the altar And just, I put every one of you there and just ask God to bless you for whatever you need. And just like that sacrifice of of beauty and that for me, like just, just everything going on the altar of Jesus, that offering where he receives that and where he gives us himself there. I just, there's something so powerful in that lately that speaks to me. I would, I woke up this morning at three o'clock and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I just sat for a couple hours with a good cup of okay, coffee. Girl. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, uh, just interceded, prayed a rosary, interceded. And, you know, one of our dear friends, mm-hmm. his wife just passed away yesterday and just, just, just bringing that ache for people. And I think what you're talking about is being willing to suffer with people mm-hmm. and to walk with them and, we don't have to have it all figured out. Like I, I do, I feel like I'm in kindergarten too. And i often, I feel like I should be in grad school, but really I'm just this little girl who God mm-hmm. loves and it's okay. Like that's okay. And I can say, I'm sorry. And I can make mistakes and I can be loved and I can learn. And giving that gift to people of love, I think is something that God I know is, is certainly teaching me mm-hmm. right now. So,
1: and I think that's one of the beautiful things about your vocation sister is your spiritual motherhood. Um, that yes, you're a daughter and that's how you also learn to be a mother and the mm-hmm. way that you spiritually mother by giving life and nurturing and comfort through your prayers and through your presence and through your words of life that you offer people as you speak, you know, in front of crowds, but also in your individual relationships where you're pouring into people. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible gift that you offer all of us, like our children, you know, just adore mm-hmm. you. We we get the firsthand experience of your spiritual motherhood affecting our children. But I think that's important for our listeners to realize, because some of you may think, well, I don't have children. This doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. And and this, we belong to one another. We yeah. need one another. We need the gift of maternity and motherhood that every woman has. And we need the paternity and fatherhood that every every man has to Amen. offer the world. So it really mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether you have biological children or not. the gift of spiritual motherhood and fatherhood that we can offer is absolutely essential for the world and i think that that's what the world needs most is for people to come together to begin to pour into one another to bring life to nurture uh, no matter what state of life we're in and to offer our prayers for one another amen
0: amen Amen. Well said. Uh, So it's a time, my dear friends. We're out of time. Uh, I wish we could go on, but we need to talk about our one thing. So we decided to let the men, Jake and Chris, also offer one thing because they're awesome. So I'm going to put Jake on the spot here. And Jake, could you give us your one thing that is rocking your world this week?
4: Uh, The one thing I'm going to go with this week is my dog, Bosco. (laughs) Most of you... (laughs) Most of you uh, have seen him. He's extremely cute. Uh, But the particular one thing is that uh, we have a prayer room in our house. And every time I go into the prayer room, Bosco will watch me. And he'll jump off of wherever he's going to come and be Mm -hmm. with me. And, And so most of my times of prayer as of late have been with Bosco snuggled up beside me. Uh, And it's just, I don't know, comforting and awesome to be (laughs) praying with your dog. I'm from Alabama, and it just seems appropriate that my dog and I are praying. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Chris, what about you? What's your one thing this week?
3: Yeah, I've been on the road going, you know, that I-10 back and forth between Pensacola and Tallahassee and and got connected, I think, through Michelle through this podcast by Jonathan David and Melissa Hessler. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just there, they have a a podcast, multiple ones about the heart of the father about heart over gift, uh, just really resonating with, uh, with, with me and kind of just driving down the road, kind of tears in my eyes and, and God just convicting me of his, his love and who he is and who I am in him. So, uh, Jonathan David and and Melissa Hessler, their podcast has been really blessing Mm -hmm.
0: Because that was your one thing, Michelle, wasn't it, last couple weeks ago, the magazine that they put out? Yeah, the magazine. So they're rocking
2: our world. And so we really love them. Um, Yeah. Um, Why are you laughing so hard, Heather? Heather.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to our listeners because you can't see us. And I really wish that you could because Michelle sometimes grabs her microphone (laughs) like like she's totally going there. It just makes me laugh.
2: I'm like Elvis. Well, I had to move to the floor because my computer was about to die. And all I'm thinking is Heather is going to kill me if my computer dies in the middle of this recording. So I don't have a place to hold my microphone. Do you guys see how she picks on me? Do you see it? Okay. No, you can't see it. But do you feel it? Do you feel it? Okay. Through the airwaves, you can feel it. Can't you? Okay. My one thing, bossy girl, is... um, uh, a person. Actually, it's a person. Elise uh, charbonnet Angelette. She is a friend of ours. Actually, Heather and Jake and I went to college with her. And um, she has battled breast cancer twice. And she went into the hospital last week because she's having really bad headaches. And actually, oh. the breast cancer mm-hmm. has gone to her brain. And it's stage four. And she is fighting it again. And she's a great, amazing woman, mm-hmm. S- spicy and sassy and faithful, but she's also a wife and a mother of five. And, um, she is just taking this battle on like no other. And I posted her blog posts on my Facebook page of her, just announcing that she's doing the battle again. And a lot of us commented on it. And of course, Elise comments on it too, said, okay, you guys can be sad for about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Now get to it. When I need you to be praying, like I need you to be focused, you know, like we got a job to do. We got a battle to win, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, To see someone live so well and so bravely in the midst of such hard news and um, a battle is just Mm. an amazing thing to me. She's an amazing Mm. witness. So she is my one thing. What about you? I'm skipping Heather. Sister, what about you? What is your one thing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Oh, oh dang. She just went there. Um, Well, Mine is a book. It's uh, by a, a female doctor of the church, St. Hildegard of Bingen, and that girl is rocking my world right now. And so one of our dear friends recommended me to her. She said, you need to read Hildegard, and we have become friends. And the book I'm reading is aptly titled Jake. It's called Secrets of God, and it's uh, part of her visions and just her heart. I, I love her. So uh, yeah, I can't wait to learn more about her. I just started the book, and I just am really in- enjoying it. So St. Hildegard of mm-hmm. Bingen, you'll probably hear about her ad nauseum in the next few know. weeks. So that that is certainly my one thing. Yeah. Heather, my dear. <laughs>
1: well, one thing I love about this group, this isn't my actual one thing, but is that our our diversity. We've got, you know, dogs and mm-hmm. books and all <laughs> kinds of things. But my one thing is meatballs. I know that sounds so silly, but, you know, like... When- <laughs> <laughs> when when you have children and when the schedule starts and you know you're busy, you're coming home often at dinner time. I'm like, I need something that is fast and yes. easy. So I have a meatball recipe that I'm gonna throw up on. I'm not gonna. That yeah. doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't throw it like, up,
0: man. That's gross. But like, okay.
1: <laughs> Just Chris is shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second redo I, I have a meatball recipe that I will post online for everybody um, but if you just take the time to make them and freeze them then it's amazing and all the whole family loves them so I'm going to put them on there so everybody can have a, a new recipe for the school season and it's
4: a good trust Heather as a cook she's an incredible cook
1: you're such a,
0: she is oh thanks thanks she is. She is. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Chris and Jake. What an honor to have you on today. Thank you so much for being our first guest and our first awesome men on the show. And if you enjoy our podcast, would you please subscribe? You can go to com or subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And until next week, we will be Abiding Together. God bless you.